It's Wednesday, January 22nd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. An outbreak of coronavirus has killed 17 people and infected hundreds more. We'll explain what coronavirus is, how this outbreak started, and how officials around the world are responding. Then, Democrats are making the case for why the Senate should convict President Trump and remove him from office. We see the need for a lot of caffeine in their future. And finally, how to psych yourself up when negotiating with your boss. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by H&R Block. They have upfront transparent pricing, so you know the price before you begin. It all starts with a runny nose, a cough, sore throat, headache, fever. For a couple days, you just generally don't feel that great. That might sound like normal cold symptoms, and they are, but those are also the highly infectious symptoms hundreds of people have had, thanks to a new outbreak of something called the coronavirus. The virus attacks the respiratory system, so for some people with weakened immune systems, the virus can lead to pneumonia or bronchitis. 17 people have died. Researchers have traced this coronavirus outbreak back to a market that sold fish, mammals, and live animals in the Chinese city of Wuhan. On New Year's Eve, Chinese officials told the World Health Organization, or the WHO, that they were keeping an eye on a mysterious new illness. The next day, the market closed. A week later, officials announced that those patients had been diagnosed with the coronavirus. As for what gave them the illness, here's the head of the WHO's Outbreak Investigation Task Force. Coronaviruses are circulating in animals, and some of these coronaviruses have the capability of transmitting between animals and humans. We call that a spillover event. So it was maybe the animals on sale at the market that got people sick. As of last Saturday, there were only 60 reported cases. But over the weekend, that number more than tripled. Scientists say the virus can be passed between humans now, meaning it's not just coming from animals at the market anymore. For its part, China seems to be pretty on top of this. And maybe it's because China's had some experience. Back in 2003, there was a similar viral outbreak, a different kind of coronavirus called SARS. Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. That outbreak got out of control, and nearly 800 people died. So China doesn't want to do over. But this is also just a really bad time for a virus like this to break out. Not that there's ever a good time, but this weekend is the Lunar New Year. That's a Chinese festival that celebrates the beginning of the Chinese calendar. FYI, it's going to be the year of the rat. Besides being a huge celebration, the Lunar New Year is also the busiest time to travel in China. Because a lot of people are going home to see their families, hundreds of millions of people are expected to travel, which means those who have the coronavirus and maybe don't know could bring it to other places and maybe expose others to it. In Wuhan, where the outbreak began, Chinese state media is reporting today that all flights out of the city have been canceled and there's a lockdown on public transportation. For a city even larger than Manhattan, that's huge. And the rest of China is screening travelers for the virus at all of the big transportation hubs. Even with these precautions, the coronavirus has spread way beyond Wuhan. Cases have been reported in Hong Kong and Japan, Thailand and South Korea, and now the U.S. We had a Washington state resident, a man in his his 30s, who is in Wuhan, uh, China. That's Washington's Governor Jay Inslee. He's talking about the first American coronavirus patient who traveled from Wuhan back to the U.S. last week. 
Doctors now say he's doing okay. But the WHO is still concerned. Earlier today, the International Health Agency had an emergency meeting to decide how to designate the outbreak. Here was the WHO's Director General in Geneva. Today, there was an excellent discussion during committee meeting, but it was also clear that to proceed, we need more information. He says the WHO committee is going to get together again tomorrow to keep talking about whether the coronavirus outbreak is an international public health emergency of international concern. That label means this outbreak is really serious and that WHO is going to start giving advice for how to handle it. The WHO has called something an international public health emergency four times in the last decade. So this is quickly becoming a big deal. So what's the skim? The coronavirus has been spreading throughout China and neighboring countries. And now, one case has reached the U.S. Overall, hundreds of people have gotten sick and 17 have died. That's why the WHO is still trying to figure out whether to declare the coronavirus an international public health emergency. Unfortunately, there isn't a treatment for coronavirus yet. Only symptoms can be treated. But so far, the mortality rate has been much lower than past viral epidemics. And again, only one case has been reported in the U.S. But officials are taking precautions. So you might see health screenings at major airports, like in Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, and Chicago. Meanwhile, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will keep us updated as the story progresses. Coming up, the Senate impeachment trial is back in session. We'll tell you what today is all about next. It's tax season, and that means figuring out how to file. If you need help, look to H&R Block. Their no-surprise guarantee means that they're always transparent about pricing, so you don't have to worry about spending more than you meant to. Because who wants to know the price up front? Oh, right, everyone. Plus, they cover you with free audit support and a free mid-year care check. It's better with Block. The impeachment trial is underway, and lawmakers are now preparing to spend a lot of nights burning the midnight oil, which can lead to a lot of tension. Like last night, when Senate Democrats tried to add amendments to the rules of the impeachment trial, the Republican-led Senate shot them down every time, and things got heated. Here's House Judiciary Committee Chair Jerry Nadler around 12.30 a.m. after he said that President Trump made moves to, quote, cover up his own misconduct. Only guilty people try to hide the evidence. Yeah, shots fired. Then, shortly after that, one of President Trump's impeachment lawyers, Pat Cipollone, fired back. Mr. Nadler came up here and made false allegations against our team. Ouch. The only one who should be embarrassed, Mr. Nadler, is you. That back and forth earned a scolding from Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts, the man with the gavel. I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. Roberts reminded everyone to stick to using language that's, quote, conducive to civil discourse. Jury's still out on whether that's possible. But today was a new day and the first day of oral arguments. First up, the House managers. Remember, they get 24 hours over the course of three workdays to explain to senators why Trump should be convicted and removed from office. When they're done, it's time for Trump's legal team to argue his defense. 
House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff started off today by thanking everyone in the room for their attention late into the night. It was an exhausting day for us, certainly, but we have adrenaline uh, going through our veins. And for those that are required to sit and listen, it is a much more difficult task. Schiff's plan for today was to lay out what he calls a corrupt scheme by the president using testimony we heard during the House impeachment hearings and also evidence his committee collected. Then tomorrow, House managers plan to lay out the constitutional framework for impeachment and explain why Trump's behavior means he should be removed from office. But we got a preview of that today. Schiff focused the beginning of his argument on what the Constitution says. He quoted the Federalist Papers a lot. Those were the articles Alexander Hamilton and other founding fathers wrote to get the Constitution ratified. We are here today in this hallowed chamber, undertaking this solemn action for only the third time in history because Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, has acted precisely as Hamilton and his contemporaries feared. And Schiff reminded the senators slash jurors that they have one job here. It is up to you to be the tribunal that Hamilton envisioned. It is up to you to show the American people and yourselves that his confidence in that of the other founders was rightly placed. Basically, don't throw away your shot. Remember, each side gets 24 hours to complete their arguments over three days each. So we'll have more updates for you throughout the week. Taxes are personal. Life happens and then suddenly, you gotta tell the government about it. So this year, the skim is teaming up with H&R Block to learn about how different life updates can affect your taxes. Today, one Skim HQer who bought a house this year is here to share a thing to know. Yep, after a lifetime of renting, I finally became a person with a mortgage. Filling out my tax return used to be pretty easy. I had no property, no responsibilities, and just one little W-2 to deal with, the dream. Then this year, I bought an apartment. Exciting, but also stressful, because there's a lot more to consider when I file my taxes. As I was figuring all that out, I did learn about one really cool thing, the Residential Energy Tax Credit. It's an amount you can subtract from your tax bill for adding environmentally friendly features to your house, like solar electric systems, solar hot water heaters, and geothermal heat pumps. So if you're buying or renovating a home this year, think about going green, because it's good for the environment and it could get you more green. And if you want more tax tips, head to theskim.com slash let's get personal. Before we go today, here's a pro tip we picked up from our other podcast, Skimmed from the Couch. This month, we're talking about negotiation, how to do it, what to say, and when to walk away. And this week, our co-founders and co-CEOs, Carly and Danielle, sat down with social entrepreneur, activist, and investor, Shiza Shahed. She had just graduated college when she co-founded the Malala Fund. It's a global nonprofit that supports education for girls. Named after Nobel Peace Prize winner, Malala Yousafzai. Shiza gave us our pro tip this week with her best piece of negotiation advice. Always ask. I know that I struggled with that. I would often just not make the ask, whether that was in negotiating a salary and negotiating little things like relocation benefits or even on the other side as an entrepreneur when working 
with vendors um, negotiating the prices of things. What I've come to understand now is, you know, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So ask. The worst thing is they'll say no, and then you'll end up right where you started. The latest episode of Skimmed from the Couch is available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.